my favorite area is the World Showcase for everything that it gives for immersion and excitement. Um, it can be a little bit of a trek if you leave port of entry and walk all the way back around, whether you go Canada first or Mexico first. It's a great debate among Disney enthusiasts as to what way is the right way to travel. But if you travel all the way around it, you're going to clock in at about 1.3 miles to go all the way around that. This is Disney Planning Info. Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. We provide trip planning information through video content, podcasts, and blogs to help you enjoy your Disney vacation experience. Hit that like and subscribe button and also the bell to get notifications on future, future content. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to join in the conversations on all kinds of information from around the parks. Today, we're going to be looking at the second part of Epcot, and the second part of Epcot is that back area surrounding the World Lagoon. So the World Showcase is a series of 11 countries and the African Outpost. Now, the World Showcase actually also has a little bit of a secret entrance. So the first thing that we want to talk about is to have Matt tell us about the transportation and the ways that I can get around that area of the park and the ways that I can get to that secret entrance and exit of the World Showcase. So Matt, go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah, and I, it's not much of a secret anymore, I don't think. Um, prior to the Skyliner, it was a little bit more of a secret, but now that the Skyliner is back there, a lot of people utilize this back entrance to the park. So there's three ways to get in. So you can walk from any of the resorts that are back on the boardwalk area. So Boardwalk Inn, Beach Club, and Yacht Club you can walk from, as well as the Swan and Dolphin Resort. They're going to be your longest treks to Epcot. Also running in that little water area back there is the Friendship Boat Service, and that's going to run between all of the resorts, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. And it runs in a little, like, out-and-back type path. The other way that you can get in there, and we've already kind of hinted at it, is the Skyliner. So any of those Skyliner resorts from Pop Century and Art of Animation to Caribbean Beach and Riviera can get you to Epcot. Um, also, the Skyliner resorts have a line directly to Hollywood Studios, and we'll talk about it in that uh, episode as well. So three ways to get to the back entrance of the park. You can't access the monorail or the buses from the back entrance, just as a heads up. So also within the park, in World Showcase Lagoon, there is a boat system as well. And it goes from that port of entry uh, area that Peter talked about back to between Japan and the U.S. Pavilion. There's a little entry port there as well. And the, this boat service runs as long as World Showcase is open and will shut down prior to the nighttime show when there is a nighttime show. 
And that gets us back and forth from the very, very back of the park back to the middle of the park. A couple of cool things about that port of entry. Not only do you have the boat service there, you've also got a couple of gift shops there that are really, really nice gift shops. And especially when the festivals happen. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Also, this area will explode with little booths during the festival time as well, especially food and wine festival when multiple vendors set up little temporary booths in this location. So this port of entry area is an important area in World Showcase. From here, we're gonna to go to the right and we're gonna start at Canada. And Peter's gonna start us with Canada. All right, as Matt mentioned, we are going to start by heading right into Canada. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, this in no way, shape or form is endorsing the direction that we travel when we head into World Showcase. If I'm in the mood for a margarita, you better believe Mexico's the first stop. But we're gonna go ahead and go counterclockwise around the World Showcase, starting at that port of entry. That port of entry is exactly as it explains, it is the entryway into the World Showcase from the other areas of the park. So you come up this pathway, this main pathway, you have the big lagoon in front of you, the American Pavilion on the far backside that Matt will talk about in just a little bit. And if we head to the right, we're gonna begin walking down a pathway that will take us into Canada. Along that pathway during the festival time, you can expect to find um, shops, and different culinary booths that are put up. And just to the right, as you begin heading down that pathway, you'll find the newly constructed Starbucks and a big sort of open area where lots of booths are, or if there isn't a festival going on, where you can find some space to sit down and relax. But during the festival times, it's home to upwards of six or seven booths along that kind of back pathway towards figment. If we finally do continue on and we get into Canada, we're gonna find a really, really awesome place if you take the time to go a little bit deeper into the pavilion. From the front, you're gonna find sort of a large looming chateau and you're gonna see a nice garden off to the right. But it's when you go down that garden pathway that you're gonna really find some miraculous views. If you head down that garden pathway, it's going to take you to Le Cellier, which is themed after sort of a basement rustic chateau in the Canadian countryside, where you can go down into the cellar and have a very, very nice steak dinner. One of the best steak dinners on all of Disney property will come out of Le Cellier. If you go just to the right of Le Cellier, you're gonna go down a back pathway that will take you to O Canada, which is an immersive experience talking about the breathtaking natural beauty of the Canadian landscape. And as you're walking up to that, you're gonna get one of the best views you will ever see in a waterfall flowing down through some rock faces that you walk between. Really, really stunning. If you go past Canada, you're gonna go into United Kingdom, which is one of my favorite pavilions to go to in World Showcase. On the left-hand side, as you come in, you're going to get to the Rose and Crown Tavern. And it has a dining room where you can sit down for a meal 
or it has a tavern out front, which is styled after an old English pub. Really great to go into, fantastic to get all of the, the hearth and the Smithwicks and the Guinness and all of those classic, all of those classic British um, brews. Fantastic time. If you turn to the right, you're going to see those iconic red telephone booths, some bathrooms. And if you go down that streetway, you're going to feel like you're walking through an old English street. Um, heading to the back of that, you can a lot of times find Winnie the Pooh and Mary Poppins during normal times for some character meet and greets. And this is the rumored location of where they would be putting in the Cherry Tree Lane replacing right now what is sort of a nice little gazebo area that does house some, some entertainment from time to time and some different bands. Um, if you head across the bridge, that's when we get into France. And France is just stunning to behold, especially if you come at it from this direction. Coming from the other way, you just kind of like slide out of one pavilion and into the other. But coming across the bridge, you sort of get blocked out and then all of a sudden come across a bridge. There's a nice waterway. It almost makes you feel like you're sitting there looking at this nice canal coming across a bridge. The Eiffel Tower rises up. There's a fountain in the distance and you have the streets of, of Paris just sitting back behind there. A very, very amazing scenic view to come in to France. France has got a whole bunch of stuff going on. You've got a great sit-down restaurant in Chef de France. If you go towards the back and you go down those shops, you're going to find a nice marketplace in the far back that does offer some breakfast and lunch options in a quick service. Back by the movie about France back there as well, Impressions of France. And you go in there. One of my favorite things to do in the morning is to go in not a lot of people realize it's open. Go in, grab some baguettes, grab some croissants and some coffees and cappuccinos and just sit out in the streets of Paris and just sort of let the day come to me as I, as I take in my day at World Showcase. Back there, you also have Hall de Glace, which is going to be a fantastic sorbet area. You have some great some great gelatos and sorbets and some really, really fantastic frozen treats as well as some macarons uh, filled with ice cream. Very, very wonderful. And then two more things to mention about France because there's just so much going on there is the Ratatouille Adventure Ride is, is going to be housed in France. And you also have one of my favorites. You have the slushies. You have the orange slushie, which is a Grand Marnay orange slushy drink and during the festivals you have some unique slushies that show up there as well so fantastic stuff in france wonderful pavilion and now matt is going to talk about morocco which is the next pavilion along that row so yeah now that you've gotten past france you get to the morocco pavilion and the Morocco Pavilion right now is relatively simple because Disney actually just purchased the Morocco Pavilion from the original owners. The only restaurant that's open in Morocco is Spice Road. And it is actually on the World Showcase side, the lagoon side of the property. When you get, actually get back into the Morocco Pavilion, 
there's a couple of little shopping areas and a uh, art display area that shows some art inspired from the Morocco area. So a couple of other things to look at in Morocco are the tiled bathhouse, um, which there are imperfections to remind the artisans that were local from Morocco um, that we are all imperfect. And a couple of restaurants that are there that aren't open right now, but hopefully will reopen are Tangerine Cafe and the restaurant Marrakesh, which actually will have live belly dancers. Um, at least it did when it was open prior. Moving next to Japan, Japan is relatively open now. Other than Tokyo dining, the whole culinary experience is open, all of the shopping is open, and all of the experiences are open in Japan. The Japan buildings are striking, and it's a great area to kind of sit down and relax and take in some of that Japanese scenery, whether it's through the plants and, or the actual architecture of the buildings. The next pavilion we're going to talk about is the American Pavilion. Um, the American Pavilion is the largest of the pavilions and it is all the way in the back center of World Showcase. The American Pavilion has the American Adventure Experience, which is a 30-minute animatronic and video show that goes over the history of the United States. And it has a few restaurants in the area as well namely the Regal Eagle Barbecue Smokehouse now. Across from the American Pavilion is the World Showcase stage, which houses throughout many of the festivals, great bands and other artists that will come in and do, you know, multi-day sets in there. Um, there's been everybody from The Who to A Simple Plan, and then during festival of the holidays, you'll have the uh, candlelight processional there as well. The last one that I'm going to talk about is going to be Italy. And Italy, as you would think, is a great place to grab a bite to eat and to do some shopping. Italy houses Tutto Italia restaurant, Tutto Gusto, and Via Napoli Pizzeria. The three really, really nice restaurant options in your Epcot journey. Also, you have great designer shopping in Italy, as you would think as Italy is a, you know, world leader in fashion and design. You have some great places to do some shopping. From here, we're going to move over to Germany and Peter's going to take that. All right. As Matt said, now we're coming out of Italy. And at this point, it's kind of a decision if you're making your way around World Showcase or if when you got to Port of Entry, you should have had, uh, you should have left because now we're coming up the last part or the front part to the left, depending on which way you arrange yourself. But let's go ahead and keep coming around World Showcase in that order. Coming out of Italy, you're going to come to this is, this is the top one for me. This is the absolute top one for me. You come into the Germany pavilion. Oh my goodness. But I am of German descent. So you're talking that you are just hitting all the things that my ancestral taste buds just absolutely go gaga over. We got pretzels. We got cheese. We got beer. Oh my goodness. Um, set as though you're sitting again in a sort of a, a quaint German city. You've got some some nice seating areas out 
by the water to take a break or to try and catch one of those nighttime shows. You've got a really great, uh, huge glockenspiel. You've got shops that allow you to, to see all of these German things, to buy some of these things. There's a teddy bear shop. There is a caramel shop that is sponsored by Werther's there that makes some of the best caramel popcorn that you'll ever put in your mouth in your life. And uh, so the restaurant in Germany is Beer Garden. It is an awesome experience. They seat you family style. So when coronavirus is and things come back to normal a little bit, you'll be able to sit there and they kind of fill your table. The table seat about eight to 10. So if you have a family of four, expect another two to four people to join you once coronavirus is over. Um, family style, but it's buffet. You can go and grab the food from the buffet. Right now it's serving family style, as I said. And uh, they always have a band going and they have an awesome polka band going, just playing the music. You can get these massive beers, uh, just an awesome, awesome, true German authentic experience in that pavilion. Really, really ups the ante during the festivals as well as they add in additional boosts in there to give you even more samplings of German cuisine. As you head now to our next pavilion, there is an area known as the African Outpost. There's typically a nice little shop there where you can buy some authentic like wood carvings and things like that. And there's a little refreshment area that sort of changes its seasonal selection throughout the year. But they do try to always put the uh, Tusker Lager that you can get in Animal Kingdom that is themed after a Kenyan lager uh, at, that, at that refreshment place as well. We come across a little bridge and we're going to go into China. Now, China, as you would expect, is very, very stunning for the architecture in the same way as Japan is that Matt was talking about. We know Asian countries do have very unique and very stunning architecture when compared with many other places in the world. And China is no different. What's interesting in China is you have this huge shop that just seems to continue to stretch and stretch and stretch full of all sorts of awesome Chinese apparel and, and different like fortune ideas and different zodiac stuff and different design and decor you just have such amazing things in there and then you have this big large building that does celebrate china and chinese culture and history as you go in there to view again another movie celebrating that culture again really really great stuff here really really fantastic food and uh, some really interesting thing in some of the holidays they sometimes have these cotton candies um, and other stuff like that. As we head past China, we're going to get into our last couple. The first one is Norway. Norway is home to Akershush, which is normally a character meet and greet for princesses inside of this really fantastic restaurant that has great food from Norway, sausages and potatoes and all sorts of great stuff happen in there. And then of course, the, the flagship of the Norway Pavilion is the Frozen Ride, Frozen Ever After, which takes you into Arendelle and lets you see some of your characters on a great boat ride that culminates in a fantastic scene with Elsa. And you'll 
see that uh, in our ride review of it or in your own journey to Epcot as well. Um, outside of that, there is a very great little quick service restaurant there that is home to some very awesome food around the year. School bread being, my opinion, the most important among them. And there is normally an opportunity to meet Anna and Elsa in their summer house when situations do allow, of course not right now, due to coronavirus. Brings us into our last pavilion, or if you had left from Port of Entry, our first pavilion is the Mexico Pavilion. In Mexico, you're able to go into this large pyramid built in the Aztec type theming, and you head in there, and you sort of, it's very interesting because you head into this amazing pyramid, and then you hit the streets of a Mexican city at night like a, a nice quaint Mexican city at night. You've got these shops and you've got these different things that you can look at. You've got marionettes that you can see. You've got um, different, again, decor, cava de tequilas in there where you can see, you can try all these amazing margaritas. And then inside you have San Angel Inn, which is a very fantastic restaurant with authentic cuisine. And then you have the three caballeros boat ride, which any day now Imagineers were waiting for the Coco theming update. Coming back out of the pyramid, you have a couple of other restaurants, a quick service and another sit down, all built around that San Angel Inn. You have the San Angel restaurant and you also have La Hacienda de San Angel. And you also have a fantastic margarita place over there as well. Entertainment will in include mariachi bands throughout the year. And that concludes our trip around the World Showcase. All of the amazing things that you can experience, all the fantastic cultural things. All of them have celebrations of the cultures, videos, shows that you can watch, live entertainment of, of different individuals celebrating the cultural things that happen in those different nations. And just a really, really awesome time. Now, Matt and I are gonna talk about a couple more things that you might experience around that World Showcase. And we're gonna go ahead and start with, coming soon, the nighttime entertainment. Now that we've made it all the way around the World Showcase, we're gonna talk about the nighttime show at Epcot. Currently, there isn't one um, due to COVID restrictions, but coming in the future is going to be Harmonious. And Harmonious is going to integrate a five barge system with pyrotechnics and an LED system on Spaceship Earth. As the day fades and dusk turns to night, Epcot comes to life in a global celebration of Disney music. It replaces Illuminations and then the short run of Epcot Forever, which, yeah, whatever that was. It was kind of cool. I uh, liked it. It was, uh, yeah, the drones were neat. 
<laughs> so it's definitely not illuminations. It is not illuminations. Illuminations was one of my favorite nighttime spectaculars uh, at all Disney properties. But and that's one of the magic bands that I wear all the time. I have already here it goes. Illuminations. Here it goes. Really cool. and scan into the park. It goes illuminations, reflections yeah. of them. It's really neat. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is going to replace that, and they are in the process of testing barges and getting them into place in World Showcase Lagoon. And it's it's yet to be seen if the barges are going to be permanent installations. Um, I know that a couple of them plan to be, and they're gonna have fountains and water features on them, but I don't know if all five barges are gonna be permanent installations within World Showcase Lagoon. But that is something that is supposed to be coming this year, um, and we will hope to see it very soon. Uh, on top of that, there's a lot of other things that go on in Epcot as far as festivals. So, Peter, why don't you jump into the festival lineup at Epcot? Absolutely. And this is, as I've said in the previous episodes, and I make absolutely no hiding of the fact that it is the festivals that make Epcot the amazing park that puts it at the top of my list as far as parks go. Because it's the festivals that, regardless of the time of year that you go, you're going to be hard-pressed not to hit Epcot during a festival. And if you go back year after year after year, the festival and the booze and the experience, they continue to evolve. So you could go back to Food and Wine Festival multiple years in a row and get completely different experiences. Now, there are four festivals, and I just want to quickly talk about each one of them. And then Matt and I will talk a little bit more about what we like about these festivals so let's go ahead and start at the beginning of a calendar year and talk about the first festival that happens from January into February, and that is Festival of the Arts. During Festival of the Arts, you're going to have booths and you're going to have vendors, and a big focus of Festival of the Arts is to celebrate the different art forms and cultures that are around World Showcase. So you'll see sort of an explosion of things that you can buy, different memorabilia you can see, maybe some local crafty vendors, sort of like imagine a bunch of like pop-up Etsy shops. However, now these are focused on the cultural celebrations of the world, not like little Bernie Sanders and mitten keychains or whatever else, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so you've got all of these different shops and, and things to experience. Then as February fades out, so does Festival of the Arts. And very, very quickly as you head into March, you get into the Flower and Garden Festival. And Flower and Garden Festival, of course, it starts in March. It goes typically until May, sometimes into June. And as the name would imply, this is going to celebrate spring. It's going to celebrate blooming and life and and sort of a revitalization of the earth. And this one is really cool to see because hundreds of topiaries get put up all around the world showcase with some of your favorite Disney characters, some of your favorite scenes, along with a bunch of great decoration, um, decoration ones that are put in there as well. And the food experience at the Flower and Garden really focuses on fresh ingredients, local produce. It celebrates a lot about sort of Florida growers and, and honey and tropical citrus type fruits and all of those great things. So some fantastic shops and booths and, and culinary experiences kick off there. 
as you leave flower and garden, this is probably the biggest gap of time where there's no festival in June and July before you get into the food and wine festival as you head into the late summer and autumn months at Epcot. And Food and Wine Festival is arguably uh, both of our favorite festivals of that time of year. You go from 11 nations, 11 pavilions and the African outpost to over 50 different nations represented, tons of booths. You've got a Thailand booth and you've got a Brazil booth and just on and on and on. You see Germany just absolutely blow away its food by introducing three other booths. And what's great about these booths is they focus on local cuisine and local beverage. So in addition to very unique, awesome dishes that you can experience from each one of these regions of the world, you also have a wine or a cider or a beer or in the case of some of the Asian booths, sakis and other things like that. You just have all these very interesting, unique drinks, and there are alcoholic and non-alcoholic versions, and it's just a remarkable explosion of the food and beverage of the world as you work your way around the World Showcase. It is just absolutely stunning, and it's just this expansive thing that you get. Yeah, and it's not only just food from around the world. There are companies that come in, such as ESPN, that put up booths. And the ESPN booth for the last couple of years has been dedicated to tailgate foods. So you get these little tailgate plates with wings or some creation that would be tailgate ready. So it's really cool to see how they integrate not only the different countries and the different culinary experiences from those, but also different entities um, that they bring in as far as, you know, plant-based, pure vegan, and, and different, different other types of food for this event. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of along, um, so the, the booth he's talking about is called Flavors from Fire. And I hope they kind of mimic what they did this year. They took the Monday night football game and they took the two teams that were playing that Monday night and they made a week long menu where they just focused on a, so the dishes changed every week. Yeah. So you would have a dish from each city and then some drinks to pair along with it. It was, it was a really, really amazing experience out of the flavors from fire booth this last year. And as Matt said, um, some really, really amazing experiences beyond just global cuisine, some unique plays on different things that you can do with food as well. Mm -hmm. Really, really awesome. Um, and then as you head out of the, the food and wine festival, it almost seems like overnight they switch from food and wine to festival of the holidays there in late October, early November, depending on the specific date they choose. And as you head into festival of the holidays, it's exactly what it sounds like. All of the Christmas decorations go up. The entire world showcase starts turning on its, its night, its Christmas lights. And in addition to obvious, the obvious Christmas tip, as you walk around the different nations, you get all of these different kind of nods and entertainment and unique experiences that you can do that celebrate all of the different holidays around the world. And it's a really, really cool experience. 
to kind of take your kids to and talk about the different different cultural celebrations that happen in that late time of year as we celebrate the end of the year and we look forward to the new year ahead. So those are just the, a brief overview of the four different festivals that go on. So what are your favorite things about the festivals, Matt? So really, you know, when it comes to the festivals for me, I am one that likes to look at the passport books and do either the stroll or whatever kind of adventure that they've got with the food that is in that passport book. So with food and wine, a lot of times you'll get like a, a, a culinary guide or you'll get a cheese guide or something like that. This one's the cheese one. You can see all of my stamps and my free item. Um, during the festival of the holidays, they do a cookie stroll, which my family did this past year. And it's really cool to kind of get some flavors that you normally wouldn't think about. You know, when, when we talk about food and wine, I go to Canada almost every year because they've got some play on steak there. That's fantastic. Um, my wife will go to the Mexico pavilion and get, you know, whatever taco or whatever, you know, tostada or whatever that they've got there. But with doing these strolls, you get introduced to some different flavors. And even in the cookie stroll, you know, there were some unique cookies there that, you know, we wouldn't have gotten on our own. Now, another thing that I really like about the festivals is the use of the festival pavilion in behind Canada for these events as well. Now, granted, this past year, what it wasn't used as much because of social distancing and everything like that. But it, actually, in food and wine festival, it was used more than it normally was. There were like seven different vendors in there because they could space you all out on the tables. Um, we spent a we spent probably a good hour and a half in there. It was uh, really yeah, really impressive. It seemed like with festival of the holidays, they had two two kind of walk up areas, and then they had the entertainment section, and then they had the tables set up. But that was about it in there. But that's also another great place that you can go, especially during the summer, and get out of the the hot Florida air, get into some air conditioning, spend some time in there and enjoy some food from different different taste palettes. You know, what are your favorite things about the festivals? Well, you mentioned the festival guide and um, I would put, if you're going to arrive at Epcot during a festival, which is pretty much all but about six weeks of the year, this is probably more important to you than a park map, in my opinion, especially if you do plan on I'm a big fan of two days in Epcot, one day for rides and one day for food. And, uh, you know, on the ride day, book yourself a couple of restaurants. And on the food day, book nothing and just plan that you're going to hit this. Um, because Epcot's a relatively simple park. You know, it's got a T in the front and it's got a circle in the back. Looks like a, a little person, really. <laughs> got the arms and the, right? Um, but this guidebook, as Matt brought up, it's got every pavilion, it's got every nation, it's got what you can do, it's got check marks next to them so you can decide what you're, you're going after. I will grab this on my first day in Epcot and when we really don't do much other than like maybe ride Frozen or Three Caballeros should be themed like, uh, whatever, we won't talk about that. Um, you know, maybe grab a margarita or whatever. But then I'll grab this, and when the kids go to bed that night, I'll just roll through this and be like, oh, my gosh, I have got to try that. I've got to try that. Matt mentioned the steak spots in Canada. I actually stopped right before that because the refreshment port always has a poutine, and the poutine is always fantastic. Uh, for those of you that don't know what poutine is, 
gravy, French fries, cheese curds. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. <laughs> you just talk about all my favorite things. My mouth started watering right there. Um, and then in addition to that, during the, the flower and garden and the food and wine, they do something to help bring those kids in there. And um, just an example of that is this right here. This is Remy's. Uh, this one, it was called the Remy's Ratatouille Hide and Squeak. And it's during the food and wine festival. Uh, they also do it during the flower and garden, but then it's the egg extravaganza and you go around looking for Easter eggs that are decorated like some of your favorite Disney characters. During this, you're going around looking for Remy and he's holding a bunch of different various ingredients around those different places on the world, excuse me, around those different places on the world showcase. And it's a really, really fun way. It lets you experience all of those culinary things. It lets you get your kids involved in going in there because you buy this and your kids are like, let's get going in there. And then while you're in there, you're grabbing the drinks, you're grabbing the food, you're stopping for breaks, you're letting them do the stickers. Maybe you're buying two or three of them if you have multiple kids and just letting them do their own. And when you get done with it, you take it back to one of those gift shops like the port of entry that Matt was talking about. And you get some type of reward, whether it's a magnet or a coaster or a keychain or a tumbler. You get something that's unique that says flower and garden or food and wine festival. And you get that for, mm -hmm. for doing this little experience. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves on Epcot and World Showcase is people knock it saying it's not family friendly. You have the Perry the Platypus, you have these amazing festivals, you have Frozen, you have the Remy ride going in there, you have all of these different things to draw you in there. And my biggest thing that I love about World Showcase is that you get to immerse yourself in these amazing cultural experiences that just simply aren't available unless you're going to go spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to travel abroad. I make the joke all the time with my friends when they go, yeah, we went to France. I go, really? Because I went to France and Italy and UK all in the same day, right? <laughs> and, and that wasn't even the beginning of it. I went to tons more. <laughs> so I just love being able to, to get in there and experience that. Any uh, closing thoughts about World Showcase for you, Matt? No, I mean, really, World Showcase for me is an immersion that you don't get anywhere else in the world. You know, you get to experience a lot of different cultures, rapid fire if you want. Um, not only that, the, the abundance of dining options and shops and just experiences within each one, whether it's Cava de Quito, the tequila in Mexico or eating at Tepan Ito in Japan or doing a pearl necklace at the Mitsusaki uh, shop in Japan. There are a lot of different experiences that you get to have that you would have to do a lot of travel to, to do. So it, to me, it's just, it's, it's really cool. And especially like Peter said, for the kids to get some immersion in these different cultures and not necessarily have, you know, a straight American view in life. So, you know, for me, that's the biggest thing for World Showcase. You know, what, how do you want to finish up the episode, Peter? I think that's it. Like I said, if you're, if you haven't spent a good amount of time in World Showcase, I understand why you would say, uh, Epcot's not really my favorite part. My kids love World Showcase. 
They love going to Epcot. They love spending the day walking around. Um, just because I had them experience it. When I asked my kids, we were thinking about doing a short trip. I said, hey, we're only going to go for like three or four days. And I want to make most of them just sitting around the resort, lounging around the pool. What two parks would you want to go to? One kid said Magic Kingdom in Epcot. The other kid said Hollywood Studios in Epcot. So they both said Epcot because they've spent a good amount of time in there. So they understand Epcot for everything that it is. And I think a lot of times it gets overlooked. And I, I just think that there is tons to do there that um, overlooking it isn't fair to Epcot and everything that it is and everything that Walt Disney envisioned it being. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, make sure to like us on all of our social media. Follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram and find our podcast on all the different platforms that we have, Anchor and Facebook and YouTube and all of those different things. Um, thank you all for tuning in and we can't wait to see you next time. Bye guys.